This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. I am the co-writer of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is Romance After Baby. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, the difference between men and women friendships, and why saying you want a drama-free partner is problematic. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener who's weirded out her boyfriend's ex has befriended her on Instagram, and a man writes in with his backward two cents on marriage. We're going to tell you what we think about that. But first, I want to welcome this week's co-host. He helped start the HeadGum Podcast Network, overseeing the East Coast East Coast operations. He produces this podcast. He's a talented and very successful artist. He's also my husband <laughs> and the father to my one-year-old son, our one-year-old son, Rilo. He has a cute, tiny butt. Oh, no. Please welcome back by popular <laughs> demand of you guys, the listeners, it's Nick Rad. Yay. Hello, everybody. I like that my first, like the first credit is starting HeadGum, and then later down the list, it's... Your butt? My butt. Yeah, that's so it goes from... Did I miss any credits? I no, should have run I don't the need, credits by you. I don't want credits. I don't need credits. I'm just happy to be here. So while I was sick, as many of you listeners know, I was very ill in the hospital. Angela and her fiancé, Ian, hosted two episodes together. And listeners, many of you guys wrote in suggesting that Nick and I do one ourselves. So hi, husband. (laughs) I hope we can compete with Ian and Angela. It's hard. They were adorable together. They were so calm and comfortable, and they just did a great job. So. And they have that like new engaged lovebird love yeah. stuff happening. But that brings up, I mean, this isn't even a topic we're going to talk about, but we don't have to compete with them. I think that's like a thing couples do a lot, you know? <gasps> Good point. Well, yeah. no, I don't want to compete. I right. love them. I was like, I, I mean, I was trying to tell them they should do a spinoff podcast because they're so funny together. Definitely. But yeah, we're our own thing. Totally. And I I, I think, don't you might not like it as much, but this is what we are. Yeah, but I think that's a common thing. Like if you go out to dinner or you're at a party and there's always that like couple where you where you have that moment where you're like, they seem really happy or they seem to not get along and you kinda of take that one little snapshot of their life and then you're like, you know, jealous or whatever. But I You here. you get jealous no, of other I'm, couples? I'm giving like a broad explanation of a thing that I think is ultimately detrimental and toxic uh to, to do that because I feel like Yeah, it's like, oh my God, they do too much PDA, not enough PDA. Right, like right, right, I right. kind of try to do what like a lot of like you do when you meet a new friend is you try to mirror, you know? Oh yeah. So like if sure. someone's doing PDA, I'm like, okay, we can like hold hands and we're not being like <laughs> gross. But like, if somebody is, <laughs> I did not realize you were doing that. I guess I'll 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 be aware that you're basing well, it off of. I don't want to be like all over you if these people are like you know sitting like, you know, five feet away from each other, and then also you know what I mean. Yeah. Like that would I mean, just be I'm like not... showing off of how in love we are. <laughs> I'm not a big PDA guy. In I am. I love it. Let's yeah. make out on the subway. Yeah, I guess Let's that's do probably. It all. That's probably a conflict point for us because that's not really. Is it? My, Have we? We've never I really don't thought think so, about but it. maybe it, like maybe you wish I was more. 
publicly affectionate. But yeah, I, I love I love when you post Instagrams about <laughs> how much you love me. Yeah, but I'm off, I I'm love, off the gram. I don't like to use it that much. I rarely do. So. Well, just for the record, I you know Fair you enough. you're really good at holding my hand. Yeah, you could nice. always just just a you know a random little butt squeeze. <laughs> I appreciate. You want it, you in want, public. You want your hand to be digitally held. You want more social media evidence. Of I want my social media you. evidence, and I want physical butt grabbing, right. <laughs> random kisses. I want everything. Okay. Um, I want to read a couple requests we got uh, after while I was sick. So on Instagram, Kitsia Korea said, "Quote: Can we get a podcast with Nick too?" <laughs> So nice. Here Thank you, you go, wow. Kitsia. It's amazing. The show is so you're so responsive to the people who listen. They ask and you do it. You just do it immediately. We try when, really... when it's whenever it's possible to deliver, we will try. I love that. Uh Catherine wrote an email and said, just wanted to write in and say how much I absolutely adore the show. I first started listening when my longtime ex-boyfriend broke up with me out of the blue oh. and I found out he was cheating on me. You ladies helped me through the dating app struggles, and you even featured some of my funny messages on the show. I am now in a super happy and healthy relationship with the man of my dreams and continue to enjoy the show. I am so happy for you. Uh, I loved the episode with Angela and Ian recently, as I am also waiting on that ring. Ha ha. I'd love if you guys do more episodes featuring your guys and some of the struggles or hot topics related to once you get in a long-term relationship. Keep on doing you. And Laura, I hope you feel better soon. Much love, Katie from Massachusetts. So thank you, Katie, for writing in. I actually have surgery tomorrow on my birthday. Um, that'll be fun. But yeah, we want to talk about things our listeners ask us to talk about. Um, they want, you know, I love that a lot of our listeners have grown with us. Um, some are new, some have been with us for a long time and they're now like married with kids. Uh, some are just like still writing in about like the, you know, logistics of how to have a good threesome. We'll try to answer no matter where you are on the dating spectrum. We try to answer your questions, whether you just are starting today, whether whatever you want. But, um, yeah, we don't talk that much other than my like personal life on like long-term relationship stuff. So we want to answer what Katie in Massachusetts wants to know. So Nick, you and I have been together almost 10 years. Oh, yeah. What has been the biggest struggle of making it that long with me? <laughs> How have you lasted that long that's, with me? Uh, watching all these political debates, I know that that, that question is framed in a way that uh, that's asking for a, a negative answer. No. I won't do it. Uh no, I understand. I think that it's good to try to address the things just, you know, that you could see as like a challenge with another person and like talk through that. Uh, and that's like a way to think about a relationship. But I, I think like if if looking at like our whole relationship, I would say the thing about us that's like often a a point of struggle for us is that we have like different styles of resolving conflict, you know? I feel like that's like one of our things that we have tried to put a lot of work into understanding each other. So I think like when I get frustrated, I often either I lash out, but then I just don't, I, I want to like step back, not, you know, whatever, come around to it. And I think that you're a very uh, passionate person. You have a lot of forward energy. And if you feel upset or wronged, uh, you want to have it out immediately and, and doesn't matter for you, it's like let's let's go all the way and resolve this. However, and so I think that that's something that really I feel like lately, like whenever we've had like a little disagreement, you're the one that's like you'll apologize. 
because you're usually the one that <laughs> will apologize first, well, or it's your or, fault. Or I've done. <laughs> so, so, so lately, and then, and then you want me to forgive you right away, and then I'm like, I need time. I need so, time. So you're. <laughs> So lately, you've noticed <laughs> that I'm always wrong, and you're deciding when you want to forgive me. It's exactly. been the, uh, interesting. Okay, you don't I think actually, that's well. Accurate? I think that's a good like illustration of of, <laughs> <laughs> of our different conflict styles, <laughs> which I would say probably hits our uh, our struggles. I think that I I tend to be a person who is like because I need time. I feel like I'm the one that needs time. Like I'm like get away because I you know when I. I feel like you're the one that wants to like All right, so, talk about it right so away. Maybe, so maybe, and I'm like out of the room, out of the room. <laughs> so maybe I was too diplomatic, diplomatically saying that like, I, I like reflection or being able to like understand what we disagree Where about. I need space. You, you want to like burn the house down until like, you know, there's, you know, like you want the, you want the, the end to be like in your mind, like everything there's, it's over or whatever. A big argument for you is like never like, you need the maximal solution, whereas for me, I'm always kind of like. See, I feel like I need space to okay. like chill out and calm down, and then I can talk to you. Whereas you don't always understand that as much, so you're. I'm like out. I need space. Get away from me. Leave the house. Go <laughs> out of my energy field. And then you're like, no, I'm not. And then I get angry. And like for me, if we're in a fight, I just need to like have a little distance. And and like, who calm down, like meditate, like take a couple breaths, and then like, or just like go to sleep, and then I wake up, or I've had a little bit of time, and I'm okay. But you like to like, you want like want to talk about it right away, and and then I, and then I like, you're like fueling the fire. It's that I, I will say it sounds like we uh, we have not figured out this. Uh, this is part of being in a a loving and long term relationship. Is there are some things that you are just constantly challenged by and you're trying to work through and this sounds like you know maybe i hit on something like that but i do like feel that. like this is romance after baby i have noticed not like i keep track of like tallies of fights but but i do and <laughs> no i'm just kidding i don't yeah, I, I would argue you okay. do i would say uh, that's i don't like know a, the exact number but i i've noticed our baby is now almost 14 months like we have never fought less than after having a baby. Like we've been like so much on a team and on the same page and just like needing <laughs> each other and like just grateful to be like watching him and to have each other's back because having a kid, you like, you just need the other person more than you ever have. Whereas, you know, before I kind of looked at it like uh, I have my own happy life. And I love being with Nick and being his partner because he adds to my already happy life. But I didn't like need, you know, need him. But like when you have a kid, it's like, oh my God, I need you. Give me a hug, help, like watch the kid while I go to the bathroom. Like we really need each other. So I feel like we've been on the same team. We've fought maybe like three times (laughs) in like 13 months. But like, I don't know. That's been my, my, you just, you put a little notebook away before you said that. You checked the notes before you said that. But uh, yeah, we've united against a a common, uh, a common challenge. We're like, um, all the humans in the world when they find out that the aliens are coming, you know, we're like, you know what, we've got to put aside our petty, petty squabbles and team up. Yeah. Because well, we got bigger challenges. Like on his one year birthday, another mom came up to me and was like, Oh, it's so amazing. You made it to a year. And I was like, you know, I thought she was joking. Cause like, Bryla is just the 
the most amazing, wonderful child ever. And I love like every minute with it. Like the very beginning was hard because I had postpartum anxiety. And, but once that had subsided, like, I just love being a mom. And she's like, oh, it's amazing. You made it to a year, like, especially your marriage. Right. And, and I clearly, she, you know, was making a joke, but I'm assuming like that joke was, you know, coming from a place that like, maybe she's struggled in her marriage and like, she's just assuming everybody does. And I just did not relate to that joke or that comment whatsoever. And I'm like, what? Like my marriage? Because I'm like, no, my marriage has like never been stronger since having a child, which I don't know. I think it also having a child for me made it so that we have to, uh, like we have to prioritize our relationship. And like, I knew that really early on where it was like, okay, we're not going to have as much alone time. So really early on, we, we made a rule that we're going to go out on a date, like at least once a week. So we have a standing babysitter, which I know not everybody can, can do like financially or logistically or, uh, schedule wise, but like every Thursday night we have a babysitter that comes and stays till 11. So even if we're exhausted and we're like, Oh, we don't want to go. Oh shit. Well, the babysitter's here. So all right, we're going to dinner. We're going to a movie. We're going to meet with friends. We're going to do something. And like, it's just time, just us because, you know, at the park, me, you and a baby, it's just different. You know, it's, we're not focusing as much on just us. So I don't know. It's just made it so that we like have to prioritize each other. And I feel like that's helped a lot. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, it's also, you know, I mean, I think I could under, I can understand why someone would say like, Oh, you've, you've made it this far because I think that everyone deals with like having a kid in a different way. And for some people it's nothing but joy, but for a lot of people it's such a change in their like structure of how they find happiness and how, how they, you know, how they set their day. And, uh, and so I think that that obviously creates a lot of tension between two people who might not be willing to say to, who might not both be willing to say like, okay, the new priority is the baby and the family. And, um, and I don't think that's wild for people to feel that way. I, I think it's pretty common. So I don't know if I, I, we definitely have other people who have struggled with the fact that like their life was just so dramatically changed by having a baby that they couldn't relate to each other the way that they did before. So how have you noticed that we've changed since having a baby? Yeah. I mean, I think and how have you like looked at me differently or. Well, I, I, you seem so happy, like with the task of being a mother, which is hard for a lot of people, but you seem to, in a way that I, like you've done a lot of things that I've known that you love to do and you've worked very hard on things that you're passionate about, but the joy that you take on the task of, you know, the job of being uh, Rilo's mother is so overwhelming and it's really beautiful and it's, um, it's totally changed you as a person in a way where you, you feel you, you seem like it's a, it's a, it's something that you didn't, maybe you thought you wanted to do or, or however you felt about it before. I can't exactly say, but seeing you with him, it's like, you just seem so, uh, whole, you know, so content and so, um, thrilled to be doing things that are actually really hard, you know, like, um, and to me, that's a sign of somebody who loves, like, I think about that even just in any kind of like work or occupation or just anything someone chooses to do when something's really hard and demanding, but a person doing it is excited about that. That's when you know they love what they do. And so watching you, um, raise Rilo, you, you love being a mother in a way that's, um, 
it's so impressive. It's like, like what? Do I, what's hard that I find enjoyment in? Uh, I mean, just really, all of all. This is really beautiful. You've never said this to me. This oh. is really beautiful. <laughs> I think all the the. I mean, there's just so many like. It's it's actually sort of not boring, but it's like the 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 what could be energy draining domestic household tasks. There's infinite things that just spiral out from like having a child, and they're everything from from diapers to doctors to appointments to you know you, like the zeal with which you read about the organic content of the. Uh, fabrics that you may or may not be buying for him is not something that I mean you're doing it with actual joy in your heart you know like you want to do it even though like a lot of people myself included even though Rilo is also my child I look at a lot of those things and I feel like oh man like some dread and some like I don't know how to do this and it's hard and you take it on with it with a kind of energy that's just you know it's a, a kind of energy you've thrown into a lot of things that you've done but um, your willingness and desire to do it for Rilo is just uh, so impressive and and inspiring, and you know I really, really nice. yeah, and I really love watching that. I think it's amazing. I, I'm I feel really grateful. You should really say grateful. this stuff to me when we're not recording podcasts. Too. <laughs> I like hearing you just say nice okay. things about me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's... No, that's really beautiful. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> I love it. It's made you think differently about me. Yeah, for well, I mean, not differently, but like, it's not something that had happened before. So I'm, I'm. It's a side of you that I just didn't know about, and now I get to like watch it on a day to day basis, and so that's really. Uh, that's Has it lovely. been hard to like look at me in a romantic way, seeing me as a mom? Um, not, not look at you in a romantic way. Like, I think having a kid makes some of just the like. I think it like it changes the general energy of like your house in a way where it's like there's always a baby around, so that's like a, a you're little not going to like grab my thing. butt as much. <laughs> I, yeah, I I'm trying to think of like when I was a kid, if I knew anyone with parents that were like very PDA, and I because I love PDA. I, yeah, I guess I know you do. I I I as I said, I don't. I think this is I'm playing the part of I Angela mean, not here, in front where of, like Rilo's friends. That's gross. <laughs> Yeah, well, everyone's everyone's Rilo's friends. I don't know. I, it's just, uh, yeah, we have a different we have a different feeling about that. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that does change. It changes the general like dynamic to me. But uh, but no, it's really nice when we're alone. I think that that's you know, and I feel much like I I love you very much. And now that feeling is strengthened because I've seen something even more beautiful about you that even after ten years I didn't know. And so that like adds to you know my general. Uh, desire for you. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just it's funny to say it into a microphone, but here we are. Mm. I like watching you as a dad. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's not the same. I think like women worry that like their husbands will like see them just as like a mom and and like maybe like lose some of the like, you know, mystery and like sexual desire. But Yeah. I mean I think that that's like a but like I think you're like a, so crazy hot. Like I, I like I'm always so attracted to you. And like <laughs> and just as a dad, like I don't know, I shouldn't it shouldn't be like yeah, it's like, I, it's like I, dad, I, you know, hot dad. I think there's like a tropey thing that you're like I know. experiencing on both sides of that cuz I feel like the first one Well, no, it's just like an insecurity. It's not I understand it's like what a stereotype. Saying. Right. And, and I, it's an insecurity I, like maybe perpetuated through like through like 
maybe like film and culture yeah. and like that's been like drilled into you that like oh you know yeah and and then and then that like becomes like a real concern I guess or but I, it's not like something I like you know frequently worry about but but it's like in the back of of like my head like oh okay I hope he still sees me like sexy because he saw me like get like cut open and like a surgery room like does he see my body the same because it's definitely like changed you know those kind of concerns i guess i guess i i just don't like the like my body's definitely like yeah but changed. see my like I, I feel like the thing of like i don't know this just gets into like like the critical ideas of like what it is to be observed and why you want to be observed in certain ways and i understand what you're saying it's like just a general you know you want to feel attractive to the to the person that you love or just attractive generally yeah, I want in the you, world. I want you to think I'm sexy. And like there is, you know, a, there is like a certain thing you find sexy. Like I know you're not trying to be like, um, you're not trying to be like gross about it. Like, oh, I need you to look like a Victoria's Secret model. Like that's not how your brain thinks and I wouldn't have dated you if if that's how you you thought but like you definitely like met me and thought I was hot when I like looked a certain way and then I don't know since having a baby like my boobs went from like being giantly full of milk to where they looked like porn star boobs to then like him only feeding on one boob to where I had like one d boob and then one like small a boob to like now they're back to like small b maybe a they're like smaller yeah. than they were before I, like it's just like i'm just in the yeah. last year seeing my body go like up and down up and down like like just my boobs yeah but <laughs> like, i mean we're like the theme uh, we're talking about a relationship of we're talking about romance that after have baby been together though. for 10 years and i think that like the external of what you find attractive in a partner has long since merged with your internal sense of who they are so yeah that's true so like the changes in somebody's like physical appearance are you know like it they don't matter like they're they're so small into the significance of how you feel about a person and, and like other factors change how you feel about sexuality generally because you mature and you become a person that you know has lived in the world and you have you have to think about your own sense of like desires or not or what the purpose of it is and those things are those things get heavier over time and are less like you know, I think they're less like being a 22 or 23 or 24 year old where it just feels like sexuality is at the front of your mind in terms of like chemistry and connection. But over time, that becomes a, a lower priority in your sense of, like, you know, what is significant about your I mean, partner. I, I guess. But then you still I mean, yeah, maybe it's just like culture and society getting in my head but then you hear like oh after having a kid she like let herself go and that's like a phrase that's out there that i'm like <laughs> i'm okay. like that will not be me okay. i'm a i'm gonna look like a uh, hot cool mom yeah well i think you should try letting yourself go i don't even know no, what that I don't means for you want but, to. but i, I just, never would yeah, but I, I wouldn't feel good about myself but, for regardless if, i'm not if, doing it for yeah, you but it sounded, i'm not doing the, it for you you're doing it against society which against, i also think is but no, weird I'm doing so. it for me because if i feel like i like look good and look cool in my fun funky clothes like i that's like my armor going out into the universe and the world so i want to like yeah, feel well, Good. I, I I will tell you here now. I want to feel like I'm armor, presenting myself. To the how armor, the armor is not for me. That's something that you're doing for yourself, and that I feel that's fine. You obviously can make that choice, but I I think that it. There's definitely like a different reaction that you have though when I'm like in sexy lingerie versus like sweatpants. 
almost as though you're signaling that you're interested in sexuality in that moment. (laughs) Really? So if I wear like lingerie, you act differently, not because of how I look, but because you're like, oh, she's trying to tell me she wants to have sex. I mean, it couldn't be a more clear signal. So, I mean, I'm sure that has more to do with it at this point. And it turns you on knowing that I'm in the mood. Totally. The acknowledgement that this is what this is about. I mean, you and I, having been together for 10 years, like we have had sex in probably most of the ways we're ever going to have sex in our lives. So the novelty (laughs) of that is not really uh, the thing that, you know, it's not like, oh, this kind of clothing is, that's new. So it doesn't feel that way, but it's more about the communication that like, uh, let's both go to this place together. And we agree. And this is like an obvious way to get there. That's less, uh, you know, but that could also be accomplished in sweatpants. It's just more that, you know, it's, sometimes it's, Things are sexy when you don't have to over-explain yourself because this isn't sexy trying to explain it to me. But uh, but I think like being able to communicate like directly and easily, if that's accomplished by a piece, piece of clothing, then like great, you know? <laughs> All right. We're going to talk more later on in the podcast about romance after baby. But for now, it's time to take a quick commercial break. Nick, you're not getting all this. I know you wrote some questions for me. We're going to get to them later on in the podcast. But but then we're going to jump into what's in the news. We would like to thank our sponsor, Talkspace. And I'm bringing Angela back. You know, how do you think the episode's going so far? I think it's going really well. I totally trust you to keep doing it, just you and Nick. But I felt like I had to be here for the commercials because I just love Talkspace so much. And I love, like, doing these sponsor spots. Yes. Well, Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. And you and I are, we genuinely are big proponents of therapy. We both have therapists. We love therapy. Uh, We both have a lot of anxiety about life and the state of the world. And we need, we need somebody to talk to. And, you know, the hard part I find is just finding a therapist because that can cause a lot of anxiety and people to be like, oh, it's too overwhelming to find a therapist. And right. Talkspace makes it so easy. Yes. Talkspace, basically, to put it in dating terms, makes it easy for you to date around with a therapist and find the right one for you. So Talkspace is online therapy that makes taking care of your mental health more affordable and convenient than ever before. Simply provide your preference for therapy and Talkspace will match with one of 5,000 plus therapists the very same day. You send your therapist unlimited text, audio, picture, or video messages from anywhere at any time. And let me tell you from someone who who you know works with a therapist in person usually that is not allowed and so it is so freaking cool that you can do that it's like I would send my oh my god I just wish I could send her screenshots and be like what do I write back um yeah that's definitely access oh my god everyone has no therapist it's amazing and and they they have it affordable you know one month of therapy on Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single face-to-face session which is nuts you know best of all you never have to wait a week to share what's on your mind like there's just so many benefits to Talkspace yeah uh, they have more than 5,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use code SINGLE to get $65 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's SINGLE and Talkspace.com. All right, Nicholas, my husband co-host, 
What have you been reading in the news? <laughs> well, actually, I know what you've been reading you, in the you news. You do know. Uh, I picked a news story for you. You did. My favorite website of all time, uh, the great Goop, uh, beloved website of the the greatest mind of our generation, Gwyneth Paltrow. I personally love Goop. I have a lot of Goop products. Right. I they I get a lot of like fashion ideas from Goop. It's and Nick always makes fun of me for how it's, much it's, I love my Goop. I it's use not Goop. it's not in any way a new age capitalist cult. Uh, you know, making efforts to materialize people's you know inner desires, but whatever. It's and fine. I it's good. love every aspect of yeah. it. I can be self aware about. My love of goop. Right. But you did share uh, a nice article with me. And on you liked there. the article. I did. I, I definitely... See, they have good material. <laughs> uh, they do indeed. Okay, tell us about the article. All right. So, uh, the article is about... Uh, is by the writer Gregor, Jeffrey Grief. I think I'm saying that right. Sure. Yeah. And then he is the author of Buddy System, which is Understanding Male Friendships. Uh, in which he interviewed nearly 400 men and more than 100 women to compare the differences and similarities. An interesting disparity right off the top. But he wanted to know how we navigate and maintain friendships over the course of a lifetime. I find this interesting because, you know, in terms of this as a dating podcast, but friendships sometimes turn into something romantic. You meet people through friends. And and just sometimes budding relationships begin as friendships. So I, I think that I always I'm just fascinated in making friends in your adult years because it's it's so hard uh, if you're not meeting people through a job or meeting meeting friends when you start college. You know, for me, I didn't make new friends until we had a baby. So <laughs> Wait, I, what do you mean? Didn't make new friends from college? You mean? Yeah, like I made friends in college. I made friends when I first moved to New York. And then there was like a 10-year gap where like I didn't really make like a ton of brand new friends until mm -hmm. – and like I'm talking like a flood of new friends yeah. once we had a baby where like I have a whole new friend group and um, in like a great way. I still have my old friends, but I have like a whole new friend group. Whereas like, you know, one or two people would kind of come in over the time I'd been in New York. But like something significant has to happen in your life I've learned uh, yeah. you have to move to make friends. So, and I find it really interesting how like male and female friendships are different. Yeah. So I, I think that you're hitting on like, you know, a thing that's true for everyone, which is like what's going on in your life definitely affects, you know, how easy or hard it is to, um, to make friends in this article. They're talking about uh, the difference with the difference between the typical like gendered role stereotypes of friends. And so obviously we're using a pretty, heteronormative sense of uh, what male or female friendships would operate like. But and regardless, I think he interviewed a lot of men and interviewed a lot of women and right. happened to find similarities, whether they're, you know, yeah, they're it's very heteronormative and you might think like, oh, that's not me, but but this is what he found and he's presenting, right. he's presenting what his interview subject said. Right, and so he's saying that uh, he makes this distinction between men having shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder friendships and women having face-to-face -face friendships. Uh, the difference there is he's saying that, like, in his research, he finds that men like to get together to do something or to watch sports. So the shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder is that they're, like, they're not necessarily looking at each other face-to-face -face and having a conversation. They're doing something, and through that, the bond is growing stronger, whereas women like to get together and just have full-on conversations and that is the friendship like that's that's what constitutes the friendship that's the activity the activity is yeah. like let's talk like a guy's never like and i mean i shouldn't say never yeah, but yeah. like but you're not like hey 
like Trevor, like, let's talk. You're like, hey, Trevor, like, want to go work out? Like, you've been hanging out with your friends yeah, recently, I, and you're like, hey, I, I'm I'm gonna, we're doing a workout I, in McCarran gonna, Park. Yeah, but I'm going to go, like, I I, pro- I don't know. This is, I didn't totally connect with that because I definitely get together with friends. I mean, we might be doing something, but we definitely are talking the whole time and about the things that are going on in our life. So I, I think it is, I can imagine there have been times in my life where, and I have friendships that are just constituted on, like, activities, and we don't really get into anything we just kind of have fun together um but yeah i definitely have the opposite kind of friendship where we're gonna go meet somewhere but really we're just gonna talk about our lives the whole time we're not like you know what i mean like we're gonna meet up at a bar and just have a conversation and so and do you talk about me when you meet up because women very much (laughs) talk about their relationships a lot they don't they just do you know but do men do that yeah, I'm sure. Yes, I definitely in my life, I've had conversations about like what's going on in my life. Uh, about me, <laughs> you are part of my life. I mean. So <laughs> I, I don't know. know. I think say, I think that, but I would kill to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, there's definitely disparities uh, that that uh, our author is trying to pull out here. Uh, that some are relatable or I could sort of see the definition, but I, uh, again, kept sort of feeling like, I don't know, these break down in my mind often. But some of the ones that he comes up with is he says that uh, men don't need to have as much frequent contact with one another to maintain friendships uh, as women. And then he says that men uh, tend to hang out with, (laughs) this was interesting, he says men tend to hang out with men of their same level of masculinity. Uh, Men tend not to like men who are, emotionally needy too soon or too high maintenance and that's where i'm like oh i'm just not hanging out with um the with greg's friends i feel like here because i just think like i I don't know this really runs the gamut for me like i have some low maintenance friends but then i definitely have a lot of people where like immediately the conversation is about like the hard things in their life and that constitutes our conversations you know whether it's whether it's about the work that they're doing whether it's about you know, what they're, uh, what they're struggling with. Like, and I don't like, to me, that seems like a perfectly functional friendship. I will say that like, I don't. What about the masculinity bit? Yeah. But I think that that's like, I mean, I think you're maybe like, I, I think that's kind of accurate. Like, well, all, all I would, your friends are I like, would challenge that because I think that that's like, there's a couple friends I can think of that I'm like, oh, okay, maybe not. But like, mm, I would really challenge that. Cause I think yeah, that maybe I, you're more masculine than your friends. No, I think it really runs the gamut. And I think people, switch their cultural their behavioral relationship to their own quote masculinity based on their comfort level with with the people they're around for sure and i know like i notice it it happens with me there are certain people that bring out that yeah you turn it you can turn into like a more bro-y dude with with a certain group for sure like they bring that out and i enjoy that with certain people but then there are other people who i i that i don't have that at all and i i like that a lot i like when i'm in an environment where it doesn't feel um like I think oftentimes the the broy aspects that come out of me are sort of performative knowingly. Like I think it's sort of funny to behave that way. And but I am around certain groups of friends that agree with that. Like I don't I have a few people in my life that I would say like nope, they're just straight up masculine. They their interests are pretty standard what you would imagine like the American male of a certain age interest would be uh and I can have that kind of friendship with a person, but I wouldn't say that that's common in my life. And so I guess like that's where in like comparing that to like female friendships, I I guess you would have to say from your experience, but I imagine there are people uh, in your life that 
you feel more typically stereotypically girly around and other people who yeah, challenge. Yeah, for sure. I have my friends that come over and we literally play dress up in yeah. the closet. Right. And then, and then right. I but ha- then there are people who challenge you in a different and way. Like, and yeah, that's- then I have my friends that like, I don't know, we'll talk about politics and books we've read and like, I don't know, more cultural significant stuff. And we'll go to art shows and talk about, I don't know, comedy. Yeah. So I have a lot of varied friends because I have varied interests and I have, different friends in my life that fulfill like my my certain type of interests and I realize that like I don't need one friend to fulfill every aspect of my personality that's why I kind of have different groups of friends yeah yeah so I would say like all in all for me this article was like the typical goop fair where we were was there anything else interesting uh I guess the last thing there was one thing in there where there was a uh an example where it's like oh a friend comes over to watch a game and comes back home and then the wife asks uh did you find out that he and his wife separated and the guy says I don't know the topic never came up and that's like an example that he pulls and that's like that's relatable in the sense that I think for sure I can hang out with uh, male friends and not talk about something that's like emotionally pressing in their life. But it's because to me, it's not insensitive or like that I don't care about that person, but it's that because that, because I'm aware of that or not aware of that, it wasn't what they wanted to talk about. And I didn't find the, it didn't seem like a let me press, you know? So I get that, but I just don't, I feel like a lot of this is framed as like a, uh, a, a no. research-based conventional attempt to tell people that gender roles are fixed in a way that is like what you should expect them to be. And so I guess that that, that was kind of a bummer to me. <laughs> I felt that was accurate was he talks about when friendships end and he said like men tend to put up with a lot more, but once the friendship's over, they like cut their losses and don't go back. And like women on the other hand will like start and stop friendships a lot more and like they'll end a friendship and then come back and then end a friendship and come back. And like in my experience that has been very accurate in in with friends I know who have fought and uh, friendships that I've had like you know like they'll apologize and then you're friends again and then I don't know whereas you've said that recently where you're like yeah if I with the, if I'm to have a friend and he sucks I just like don't ever see him again you know yeah I mean I, and that's I don't know I think it's like as I think about that I'm like I'm not entirely sure that's like a gender decision as opposed to more of just like an interpersonal way that I like tend to deal with conflict but you know I mean that's I understand like like I think people are doing a lot of soul searching right now on what the idea of um of your gender identity and role is both as like you know in adult life and but then as that constitutes like your relationships and and your uh both romantic relationships but definitely how that extends to just interpersonal relationships with friends and that's it's very interesting. I I just think it's like these are definitely stereotypes. Yeah, but with, at the end of the day, he interviewed a bunch of people and he's just presenting the data as he found it. And like, no, I don't think but, it's like bad to say that that there's certain patterns in certain genders, even if there's a million exceptions to every rule. Yeah, but I don't know. I think it's also possible to to sort of take issue with something that talks to five hundred people and frames it up and says like men behave this way, women behave that way. I think that's the thing that I like. I think there are some differences. I'll just say that. (laughs) Do you want to know what I've been reading? I do. 
I've been reading the New York Times. This is an article by Laura Hilgers called The Ridiculous Fantasy of a No-Drama Relationship. So she writes that a surprisingly large number of men say they're looking for, quote, no drama or something drama-free in their profiles. According to Tinder, heterosexual men were three times more likely to say they want a drama-free relationship than heterosexual women. We're doing another gendered study here. <laughs> okay, sure. Cupid found that men were all... were. Uh, Men overall were 10% more likely to say this than women. They also found that 47% of millennial men say that they were looking for no drama or something drama-free in their profiles, as did 25% of Gen X and 12% of baby boomer men. She writes, but when heterosexual men say they're looking for, quote, drama-free, she suspects that they want something that doesn't exist, a problem-free partnership with someone who has no life experience. Are they looking for a woman who never gets angry or afraid or sad, who never worries about her family or struggles in her job? Who would want to be with such a person? One man she uh, came across online wrote, no drama given or allowed. Uh, and like she wrote, aside from questionable grammar, this implies an ability to control life that none of us possess. Life is full of drama. Um, so I know you, you know, you don't like to see differences in genders, but the reality is there's a lot of dudes out there writing like drama free, drama free. And like women are just not writing that on their profiles as much. What, what's your take on this? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I think that's not like totally a fair assessment of how I feel. I think like I don't like to lean into the core factor in like how somebody behaves in the world being entirely attributed to their gender. I definitely think it like it it can be a factor and then you can of course, choose. Of course, that's not then, what I'm saying. And then I think you can choose to like exercise your level of like this is my expectation for the gender that I'm dealing with or all not. Right, all right. I just but, asked you about what, what yeah. your thoughts on our on well, people writing drama free. Right. And I, I think that it's fair that my thoughts are not as cut and dry and I'm trying to explain them. But I think that uh, the drama free thing feels like a stereotypical thing to say. And I think this writer is calling it out correctly. It's like, um, it's a thing that somebody says who feels like they have control of the situation and they don't like the idea that anyone else could take control of a situation. And that's basically what they're saying. They're They're basically saying like, I don't want a partner that ever tries to uh, question my authority on whatever, whatever our mutual circumstances. And so to me, like if you're saying you're looking for drama free, you're basically saying I'm, I'm a controlling person. And, uh, and I, whoever is saying that, I think other people should be like, mm, I don't know about this person. Like that's a weird, that's a weird way to start a, a conversation. So the author spoke with a sociologist, Jessica Carbino, who says, Quote, when men in their 20s and 30s say they want something drama-free, they're looking for women who are, quote, low-maintenance. When middle-aged men use it, they're trying to avoid the entanglements that come with former spouses or family. Uh, but the co-founder of a feminist webs uh, website, Feministing, Vanessa Valenti, had a different take. She said, I think it's pretty sexist. You might as well say no humans. Also, putting no drama on a profile is potentially dangerous because, you know, the more it's used, the more it's normalized as a common characteristic of a desirable partner and what a desirable partner should be. Are we setting a precedent of the emotionless partner who has no needs? In my opinion, that would create a culture of pretty disastrous relationships. So, I mean, I, I, I just don't understand the point of putting drama free because, yeah, I mean, life is full of drama, number one. But number two, like, who wants drama in their life? It's, like, offensive to to assume women do. And, like, unless you're dating a reality star who's, like, that's their job is to, like, create drama. Like, nobody's, like, oh, yeah, I, I want to be a dramatic. Oh, but but uh, this guy says he wants no drama free. So I, uh, you know, 
bummer better not swipe right yeah you know like it like it just makes no sense yeah it's a it's a it's definitely like a a red flag it's like a signal that somebody sort of hasn't thought through what it is that they claim to want (laughs) she ends it by saying imagine romeo and juliet without the drama perhaps we're simply all on drama overload not that i know that's That's also not that 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 didn't work out well for either one of them did not work out well and there's also a lot of problems they were like young teenagers that were just like crushing hard all right that wasn't a good way to end this but she says she does this this I could relate to. She says, perhaps we're all, we're simply all on drama overload and online profiles reflect what we're experiencing in the world. And so, okay, I can understand that. Maybe like people are just saying, oh, I wish there wasn't so much conflict in the world. <laughs> I wish our planet wasn't dying. Uh, but I'm going to project that into a person I'm trying to date and ask like them to not be dramatic because uh, because the the world and political environment is so dramatic. Yeah. I, I don't know. That, that's a like, way to look at it. It's two things. If you have written no drama in your profile, I feel like take it out and then think about like what's a positive quality you could like put out there. And then similarly, if you see it in someone's profile, I don't know. I mean, it might resonate with some people because they're actually not looking for a real relationship. You know what I mean? They're just or, saying, or they're like, like, oh, yeah, I hate drama too. Well, right. Then they're in the same place then, just mentally. They're just like... They imagine that things could work that yeah, way. Yeah, and I just want someone that's like always happy and like, you know, never has drama there or never has problems in, at work. And, you know, they're just <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's just not going to exist. So you're setting up uh, an expectation that that's going to crumble. But but um, yeah, probably don't put that in your profile. Don't put it in. Keep it out. All right. It's time for us to jump into the mailbox. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We would like to thank our sponsor, YourSuper.com. Guys, we all know how important it is to eat healthy, but the reality is 9 out of 10 people don't eat enough fruit and veggies. When you don't get the proper nutrition, you increase your risk for chronic illnesses such as type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and even cancer. Very scary stuff. I love YourSuper.com. They sent us a bunch of cool goodies. Uh, I got this green powder. I got this red powder powder and I like looked at the ingredients I was like this is all of like the yummy random stuff that I can never find in Whole Foods in like one thing and all I do is I just put like a scoop of it on my avocado toast a scoop of it in my smoothies like I just add a scoop to like truly whatever I'm already eating at home and like not only does it taste really delicious and it doesn't also it doesn't like really change what I'm eating that much I'm like, oh, I just made what I'm already eating a million times healthier. Yeah. And uh, unlike you, like I sometimes I will have days where I'm like, oh my God, did I eat any fruits or veggies today? (laughs) I mean, I do, but like I could, there's always room for more. So that's the cool thing about your super is like, it's just a really easy way to kind of get more fruits and veggies into your diet slowly but surely. So your super is on a mission to improve people's health with the power of super plants. They make it easy for you to get the nutrients your body needs to thrive. Your super's functional superfood and plant protein mixes are made from naturally dried organic whole foods slash superfoods and nothing else. And with your super's 100% transparent supply chain, you know you're getting the cleanest superfood mixes on the market. I love it. Check them out. Get the cleanest superfood and plant protein mixes at YourSuper.com. That's Y-O-U-R Super.com. Get 15% off your order when you use code SINGLE at checkout. Just go to YourSuper.com and don't forget to get 15% off with promo code SINGLE at checkout. 
We'd like to thank our sponsor, Lola. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. So Angela is back to talk about Lola because, you know, Nick can't really speak about female, you know, female tampons. Yeah. (laughs) Tampons. They're not female tampons. They're just tampons. They're just tampons. Anybody can use them, I guess. That's true. Um... Uh, yeah, guys, I'm back because I, I was going to leave, but like, I just love talking about my period. So <laughs> I just really wanted to tell you about I, my flow. I'm currently on my period now as we record this commercial. That's actually good. I know. I wish I would say that's like too much information, but like. Not at all. But it's not because this is what this commercial is about. I'm and, waiting on mine. So I hope that you'll rub off on me and like we'll sync up because I, I need mine to come. And I, I got a mess. I got an email saying my Lola tampons are on the way because I had like, you know, eight of them left. And I was like, oh no. And then of course, Lola, they just know me so well. I mean, they know me so well because I tell them how many to send me <laughs> and how many times a month I want them. And uh, it But just, they listen. And I was like, oh God, thank God. I don't need to like worry and like go, you know, run off to the store to go grab tampons. They're in the mail and this is when they're coming. And I just felt really happy about that because I didn't want to use any tampons from the store because they have, you know, bad chemicals and crap in them that Lola tampons and pads and products do not have. That's right. So Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable. Like Laura said, you can choose your mix of products, your mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. Um, and then when your period is over, or maybe during your period, whatever you're into, they also have the Sex by Lola line, which is also available by subscription, and you can add that to your period subscription so everything is just conveniently delivered on your ideal schedule and then those products they have condoms and personal lubricant and it's the same situation as with their tampons and pads and that they try not to put like any of that bad stuff in there so uh key product attributes in the lubricant are uh it's water-based and made with aloe vera uh and it's um just like it's just like good for you. It mimics natural feminine moisture and maintains a healthy pH balance. Oh, that's all good stuff. Yeah. Uh, working it up for forty percent off your first month's subscription. Visit mylola.com and enter single forty when you subscribe. That's forty percent off your first month's subscription. Visit mylola.com and enter single forty when you subscribe. All right, Nick. What do we have in the mailbox? All right. First up, we have a message here from a user that wants to be known as Betty White. Betty writes, uh, love you ladies. (laughs) Sorry, Betty. Uh, Second time writing in, uh, BF and I have been happily dating for two plus years. We're moving in together next week. Uh, Yesterday, I got a Facebook friend request from his ex-girlfriend with whom my BF has not been in contact with since before we were official. She is married to someone else, but I'm not sure if it's just a green card marriage. Uh, reason why my BF and her broke up was the long distance and the green card thing. What should I make of this? BF seems... BF un- means boyfriend. Uh, you just say boyfriend. Well, you know, you wrote BF. I'm going with it. She no, wrote I didn't BF. write. She wrote BF. All right. Well, boyfriend seems unfazed, but admitted it was strange. I did not accept her request because I don't know her and I don't want to share the deta- details of my life with her. I have concerns that she's not really moved on and is orbiting. That is from Betty White, who is not actually Betty White, but could not think of a funny pseudonym. So she thought of one of the funniest and most badass ladies that she knows. Yeah, I love that you picked Betty White. 
And I don't think Nick knows what orbiting is. Do you? I, no, yeah, I could figure it out. We talked just, about it on yeah, the show. Well, orbiting, yeah, on being, social. Sure, just staying in somebody's general orbit. <laughs> orbit. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. I think it's super weird that for her to try to friend you on on Facebook, I would not. I would not accept because I just think it's weird. Like you don't want her to see all your stuff and see your personal life, and like, what does she expect you guys to all of a sudden become best friends and start hanging out? Like you don't know her. You don't know her anything. This is his ex. She's being nosy and like I don't know if she's. I can only think that like maybe she thinks that this is like an olive branch of some sorts. Like I have no ill will against him. Like everything's cool. I'm going to add his girlfriend or yeah, add his current girlfriend on Facebook just to show that like I have no hard feelings and like I'm cool with him and I'm cool with her and like we can all like hang out sometime, but you don't want to hang out with her. You don't know her or anything. I think it's weird. You don't need to like writer and say you know why'd you try to add me but at the same time you don't need to add her and i would just i would just either like leave the facebook request like lingering you know like don't decline and don't accept like i have probably like 500 of those of requests that i just don't even bother looking at like if i don't recognize the name immediately then i'm like okay if it's taking me more than like two seconds to think of who you are i don't need to add you and uh and yeah, just just leave it lingering. So then she's not like oh, she declined, and maybe she'll just think you're like me, who like doesn't look at any of their Facebook requests. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would just. I, it seems like the ball is completely in your court to ignore this in any way you want. Do the thing that makes it like the least annoying to you. There's no, you don't. This person doesn't need to be in your life. I, th- I think like Facebook does a thing that makes you feel like because someone can t- can contact you, they they get to affect you and and that just sucks for everyone really because that's they they don't you know what i mean like i think that that's not fair to you and like yeah there's really no reason why somebody's ex needs to try to like assert that they are vaguely in in anyone's life that's if that doesn't happen organically, it's just like a bizarre move uh, on their part. So. Also, like, maybe, you know, not to overthink it, but on Facebook it says, like, people you might know. And, like, for all you know, you know, yeah. you showed up and she was just, like, clicking really quickly. Yeah, and was or, just like, oh, yeah, and wasn't even thinking about it that yeah. hard and just, like, added you but, as an afterthought and you still don't need to add Yeah, her. so that's where I would say, like, you should do the thing that puts it out of your mind the fastest and most concretely. So if you need to like, I mean, I would say you don't need to reach out to this person, but you definitely just hit either decline or just ignore it. But it's not your, it's, it's not on you. All right. What else we got in the mailbox? Um, we also have a question that is from Scott. Okay. From Scott. So this uh, is less a question. It's more a statement that, right. that he wrote in and I, and I want you to read it and okay. then respond and get your thoughts from, <laughs> okay. on what Scott... It's from wrote, Scott. Scott wrote us in. <laughs> he says, the subject is thoughts from a guy who's been married for 35 years. All right. He's got some years on us. He's so, excited. So let's find out. This this episode is romance after baby, but really it's, you know, romance after being being in a relationship for a while. So so let's find out what Scott, who's been okay. married for 35 years, had to say. He says, just found out... Your show, and I don't have any initials after my name, but here's my two cents. Don't know I what think, you mean. I think I think he's not a doctor. Like, don't have initials after my name, like MD. Uh, but he's giving got it, got two it, cents. Got it. Okay. The reason men are staying single is because they now realize that men get married for things to stay the same and women get married for things to change. 
Interesting, Scott. Men want to continue hunting, fishing, boating, having fun, while in most cases, women want the man to hashtag settle down, start watching the Hallmark Channel, and begin hashtag nesting. Oh, boy. Before marriage, uh, the couple may enjoy music, concerts, boating, (laughs) partying with other friends, etc. But deep down, today's guys won't pop the question because he knows after I do, it's game over. If you you want to know why girls are still single, it's because most guys don't want to be the dad of another guy's kid and the dad ran off. Uh, The women wants the guy to settle down and he knows his freedom, amount of sex, and his money will be gone after he marries the girl. We we have all seen that meme with the girl in the wedding dress saying, now I can get fat. Spot on. <laughs> uh, he also he also gave his so Twitter I handle. I think we should not read it. I think we should not read his Twitter handle. But it gives an indication of his age. Uh, 1961. Yeah, that's. I assume that's his birthday, uh, which puts him, he's in his 60s. Is that what we're saying here? Uh, I mean, so what's your take on Scott? Yeah, he wrote well, in. It was nice of him to write in the show. Yeah, I mean, this is a generationally like broken-brained like male stereotype. You know what I mean? Like he's just completely drunk in the idea of how the world works through the lens of like fishing, boating, being with his boys, and dominating uh, a partner in a relationship because of their inferiority to his gender and his perceived intelligence or superiority or whatever he thinks puts them above them and that's a bummer like i i mean maybe his life works maybe it's functional he's been with a person for 35 years maybe mrs scott is you know down for who he is and i i okay that's fine but uh i think generally this is uh this is this is the advice written straight from the patriarchy to anybody who wants to accept that and it's a bummer to me so I I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't hang with Scott uh 1961 here. He he would not be one of my boys. What can I say? All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what how, what's your take on on Scott's uh interesting advice? Yeah, I mean, I I find it kind of offensive. Like I feel like um I mean not kind of offensive. It's obviously <laughs> I was like <laughs> Angela and I said, I said it to Angela, I was like, oh, we just got this. Oh, I don't know what to do with, with this. Well, uh, thanks, we've, we've all seen that meme, you know. We've all seen that <laughs> meme of the girl in the wedding dress saying, no, I can get fat. I mean, yeah. like, none of the, I don't relate to any of this. Um, I mean, if anything, in our relationship, I'm the one that wants to, like, do more shit and is trying to plan more oh, things. Oh, trying to get me to go boating. It's, like, it's obnoxious. I mean, I I would try to get you to... I mean, I'm not, like... I don't like hunting and fishing because I don't believe in killing animals, but... Uh, and you get seasick, so we can't go boating. But, in, but I think what he's saying is, like, men want to continue to do fun things. He says having fun, while women want, like, just the guy to, like, settle down and watch the Hallmark Channel and begin nesting. And I guess I just don't relate to that at all. Like, if anything, I'm the one trying to plan trips and travel and like go do fun adventures and like fill up our calendar and you're the one trying to like nest and like chill out and watch tv so in terms of like gender stereotypes this feels very like flipped in our relationship at least i don't do you do you agree with that i i'm i love hashtag nesting and hallmark channel uh, i mean you don't like the hallmark channel but like you 
but but in terms of like wanting to like nest and like stay home and watch TV and I'm trying to like over schedule us, do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean I, I wouldn't say that the thing I'm trying to do is just sit around and do nothing. No, no, that's uh, not me, but but I but I do I mean I, I this is like drawing out like a you can imagine these type of people. I feel like I grew up in an environment where this kind of relationship is a pretty common construction of a relationship. So I'm like, not like stunned to read somebody like feeling like this is just how everything is, you know, like his, like how he found your guys podcast feels like, I don't know, he was somewhere on a Facebook page and like maybe one of his younger nieces like shared or liked and he, you know, so it's just kind of interesting that somebody like that would sort of wander into a world where, uh, that organization of the world was both offensive and bizarre, you know, like, I know, but he wrote like the, it, the thing I like the most is that he wrote the email, not in a mean no, way. Totally. I, it's like, it's like a, I'm, I'm actually going to like enlighten you and be like super well, yeah. and, and suit and, uh, and, uh, tell to you how it is in like a nice way. Like he seems like, like a guy that's, uh, like as a backwards way of thinking about the world, but he wasn't mean. Like we've gotten mean emails. And this is not a yeah. mean email. Um, but he's like, before marriage, the couple enjoys like music concerts, boating, partying with other friends. I mean, I still like doing all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it just seems like I don't know. Maybe he doesn't realize the reality of like maybe once you have kids, like you can't do that stuff as frequently because of just the 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 reality and like logistics of the world. But like. It's not like women are just like, yeah, can't wait to lock down this guy to like take all of his money and have him watch the Hallmark channel and like <laughs> never do anything fun again. Like that's not how women think. I don't know. Or maybe there's women that I just don't know that are like that. I, I'm just like so confused by this because well, you, he's been I, married 35 years. So yeah, like, what I mean, is I, going on? I feel like if Mrs. Scott wrote in, she would probably have like a, a similarly like salty take on like how marriage works, but it wouldn't be the same. Like she, she wouldn't write it with the same like ideas that he has, but she would have a similarly like, this is how it works. And it would be kind of like a bummer in a different, you know, through a different lens. Yeah, like, I wonder, it would probably be like, you know, ladies are single because, like, I don't even know, I don't even know, like, yeah, it would, it would be something like, you know, they they waited too long, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, Some, something, something that I feel well, like, Well, if you're, if you're out there, Mrs. Scott, uh, we, we'll, we'll need to hear from you to, yeah. to get a, to f- a fair picture. Uh, well, if any of you listeners want your questions answered, or if you have any thoughts you want to share uh, or messages that uh, that you want to share as well, you can email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is romance after baby. So we wanted to talk about some tips that that we have not that we're experts we've only had a baby for for just over a year um but one of the tips i have is support time away for each other so for me it's like wellness stuff i find really brings me joy and like comfort and happiness and and then i'm like excited to be with nick and and uh you know and and well i love being a mom but like just taking care of myself is important. And so I don't get like ever overwhelmed. So like massages or acupuncture, yoga, trapeze. And for Nick, it's like, I really try to encourage him to like go play poker and like go out for drinks with friends and like make sure he has enough time to paint. Go boating, like that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Boating, hunting. No, uh, not that. 
Um, and then, and then date nights, like every Thursday, we know we're going to go out. Uh, not everyone can afford this, but if you have a family member or you can switch off with another couple, you know, like tell, tell a couple like, Hey, I'll watch your kids. So you guys go on a, on a date night. And then like, you guys do it for me the next week. Like that's a way to do it. Um, you know, make time to be affectionate. A little PDA is my tip. <laughs> um, I don't know. What tips do you have, Nick? Oh, I think we did. We just talked about spend family time together, but know that it doesn't count as romance time. I think that's a nice distinction. Like, uh, you know, when you're together with a little, the little tribe, the little team, uh, that's not the same as you know, just getting some one-on-one time with your partner. Uh, sexy time might take a back seat, but that's okay. Give it time, and I think that that's, I don't know, the first year of your little, little baby's life is. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's everyone's a little shook up. They're a little tired. Uh, you're maybe not generally feeling your most um, sexual in general, and your life will you know change over time. So I think that's just uh, that's just a good give advice. it time. You don't give need to time. be like you know back to your normal sex life like three months afterwards, or you know they give you the okay at six weeks, and like you just might not feel like it yet. And that's just know that that's okay. Um, parents.com had a few tips that I, that I want to talk about. Um, you know, you always used to had, you know, you probably like held hands a lot more and now all of a sudden you've got like strollers. So they, they suggest try to find some new ways of linking arms while you push the stroller. I like that. (laughs) Uh, instead of just a peck on the cheek when leaving for work, take 10 seconds for a real lip lock. (laughs) I love that too. Why are you laughing at all of these? These are really like little uh, things that matter. Like, you know, like when you're pushing the stroller, like I do miss holding your hand. And if we were like linking arms, I, I th- just think it would mean right, something right. to me. I think these are good tips. All right. Number three, show you care by finding one new thing to compliment each day. Uh, four, remember how to flirt, let your hand graze his behind and rediscover the chemistry <laughs> that's still there in the kitchen. So I might of, just a lot like... A butt touching in this yes, episode. Yeah, there is. Uh... Don't forget those pet names is number five. The return of smoochkins. Okay. Uh, six, they say, uh, keep a pad of yellow stickies by your bed and write a sweet little note. I love notes. You know, I haven't been doing as many mm-hmm. notes since you're we had no, a kid. You're a note person. I did. I used to leave you love notes you all the time. It's very sweet. I'll try to start doing more love notes. <laughs> I think I've done a couple since we had the fine. baby. It's a nice thing, but it's... it's surely optional it's you don't have to do it it's nice no but i think it's nice these these all things add up i mean they might seem like small and insignificant but Mm. i but i truly do believe that like you do a few of these and they Mm -hmm. really add up and you're gonna feel like more uh like at ease in your relationship and more fulfilled and like even if you're not back to your you know super sexual self if you're like holding hands or like linking arms and like writing love notes like like you're just gonna feel happy so i believe these things matter um i don't know do you have any do you have any tips of things that make you feel good <laughs> uh i don't i i'm gonna keep following on the list because some of these final ones are oh, truly hilarious uh if you're too exhausted to do anything but sack out in the living room watching law and order lie together on the couch and play footsie see i would love that if you and i just played footsie even if we don't want to have sex just play footsie if we have a 10 second make out we don't have to have sex but just like a, you know like it said earlier instead of just a peck sure 10 seconds sure like, and then, and I, then I noticed like we don't really make out unless we're having sex i would love to just make out sometimes <laughs> like i'm 12 or 15 however old you are when you start uh, those are, these are weird fantasies we're gonna have to explore i'm not so sure i'm down with a 12 to 15 year old 
sexual fantasy range. But we're going to finish with the final, which I find hilarious. Have a digital camera. Okay, this is an older Take article. a picture of yourself holding a sign that says, can't wait to see you, night, to see you tonight and email it to him at work. Caution, no nude pictures unless he works from home. Okay. I don't think it's a bad idea. Okay. Uh, that's very enjoyable. Very enjoyable, light little Do you have suggested any articles. Last questions for me as the co-host of the show and slash you're hot on the mic. Okay. It's your last chance to ask me any questions well, this while we're is, on the yeah, mic. Yeah, this is one, one question that I had. It's a, if you have a magic wand that could just magically change my brain and I wouldn't know it would happen, but then I would suddenly... Some trait about me or something about me would forever change. Oh, what would that be? Horrible because I can't. I can't. Yeah, it's a complicated question. It's hard, but what could I change about? Yeah, you? just anything. You you can pick anything about me, and I would just not know, and I would just be different in that way tomorrow. That's so mean. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, you're literally like I molded you from clay. Like you're really smart. You like sports, but not too much. You're artistic. <laughs> These are all compliments. Hot. I'm looking for. I know, a, I know, uh, I know. I'm talking about. The, I'm thinking out loud. I'm. This is a podcast, so I'm. T- I'm thinking out loud, and I'm just. I got to say the nice stuff first. Um. So what would I change about you? Uh. Oh. Um. <laughs> what I. It was I a mean, good performance, but now we've gotten to. Uh. It's, the problem. Well, it's actually it's hard because, I think I would just want you to like, maybe be like. Like a little more down to like be do like spontaneous adventures. So like a, okay. like a dash of spontaneity okay. in terms of like like grand big gestures. Like you're more like you take a lot of time to make you know to think about things, which I like because it balances me out. But uh, but that you know if you were too much of that, that's why I said just a dash, like a <laughs> teaspoon, not a tablespoon. Because if it was too much, it would probably you're, cause me a lot of anxiety. Because yeah, I'd be like. I, I like to plan. I like to be the planner. So it's kind of nice that I get to be. But I would say I would add a teaspoon of like grand gesture spontaneity. Because the few times you've done like really grand gestures, um, like like they've like just really stuck with me. And I've almost felt like like um, out of like like not your normal self, you know, like. Yeah. So uh, a teaspoon of grand gestures and All spontaneity. Right. Fair enough. What about for me? No, that's that's not how these questions work. Oh, uh, you got your you got your time. Oh God! All right. On that note, it's time for a reason of the week breakdown. <laughs> Romance after baby can be especially confusing when you want some lovey-dovey sexy time with your baby, but you have an actual baby. Who are you gonna call baby? Your baby or your baby? Never forget who was your first baby. I am going to read romantic song titles with baby in the title, and Nick has to guess the artist. Are you ready? To guess the artist? Yep. Okay. Oh, first I'm up. going to be very bad. Uh, so won't you please be my, be my baby, be my little I, baby, my one and only baby. Say you'll be my darling, be my, be my baby, be my baby now, my one and only baby. Uh, it's an oldie. Uh, I don't know this. I, uh, it's, it's called Be My Baby. <laughs> oh, I'm guessing the title? No. The, or the group. Right. The Ronettes. Yeah. The Ronettes, Ronettes. Okay. I mean, I'm going to get zero of these, but no. okay. Okay, baby. Uh, but she looks in my eyes and makes me realize, and she says, don't worry, baby. 
Don't worry, baby. It's called Don't Worry, Baby. Okay, I'll give you a hint. Um, think about like my Cal, like this is an oldie, my California days. Uh, one of the members of this band, uh, like kind of was involved in like Manson, Charles Manson. <laughs> what? Did you not, after we saw that movie, did, after, no, we, after I, we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, did you not research? Okay. Okay. The Beach Boys. Yeah, One of the sure. Beach Boys All was right. kind of like Great. hanging out with Charles Manson. Yeah. I mean, okay, this is another oldie. Sun is shining, there's plenty of life. A new day is dawn and sunny and bright, but after I've been crying all night, the cruel sun game. Is... Have you ever known me to be a person that listens to oldies? I mean, I don't I know none right, of these. I guess I grew up watching, listening to oldies. Okay, this is Since I Lost My Baby from The Temptations. <laughs> You didn't get that. <laughs> Who do you think I am? This is nuts. Okay. All right. I'm going to do a couple more. Okay. Baby, 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 I got... S- oh, wait. Baby, 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 I got so much love in me. Oh, baby, 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 baby. Okay. Don't go chasing waterfalls is your hint. TLC? Oh, okay. Okay, great. Uh, nice. All right. Oh, baby, baby, how was I supposed to know that something yeah, wasn't right? Spears. Oh. All right, well, now we're in my era, at least. Okay, great. Last one. And I was like, baby, baby, baby. Justin oh, Bieber. Like I mean, baby, baby. It's the Biebs. All right. See, all right, you came out. You ended strong. <laughs> you ended oh, strong. Oh, baby. Just a reminder, don't forget who your first baby was, which was me. <laughs> And that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. We hope we cleared up this week's reason. Thank you so much for listening. Check out Angela and my book. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audio book is on Audible. Uh, how did it feel to co-host the show? Uh, it was it was fun. It was long. It was hard. It was challenging. But I think we came out better on the other this side. This is the 217th episode. Yeah. A lot. It's been a journey. Guys, get hooked up from with discounts from all of our sponsors for a full list of our sponsors and codes. Check out our podcast page on this is why your single show.com. We're also on social. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at your single show. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Oh, Nick, what are your plugs? Uh, look for me as uh, on Laura's Instagram, sort of vaguely going like, what are you, why are you? That's usually what I'm doing on Laura's Instagram. So check me out. I like Instagramming my husband. He makes me laugh and I have fun with him. I'm often the butt of the joke, but it's fun. No, not the butt. The butt. (laughs) Yeah, the tiny butt. Only your cute butt. Yeah, I'm the tiny butt of the joke. Is that what you're talking about? Your hot, cute butt? Sure. Or your new short hairdo? He cut Uh, his hair. It's a big deal. It was all up on the Insta. (laughs) All about it. Check me out on Laura's Instagram, not my own. I'll see you on the on the on the gram. And that Instagram is Laura Lane Rad. See you guys next week. Angela will be back. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. That was a headgum podcast.